Hi, my name's Louisa. I've just shared a meal with my family, followed by a cuppa, and now I'd love to share the Bible with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray to mutual idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ, for we are all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As, as it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye can say, cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it, or if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. 
Now, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it, and God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly wait, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Hi everybody, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity Church Mulberry. Really good to be with you this morning. I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever thought to yourself, oh, I really wish I was like that person? That's happened to me before. Uh, let, me, let me introduce you to my family. This is the family I grew up with. Uh, I'm in the middle there, looking a little bit younger than these days. My sister and brother are beside me, and then mum and dad are now family dog as well. And it shames me to admit it, but I used to think this about my brother. I really wish I could be like him. See, we, we played in the same cricket team, and he was just a far better bowler, bowler than I was, uh, far more competent with the bat in his hands. He's just naturally more gifted than I was. And so I used to think, I really wish I could be like Dean. And as life went on, I found myself thinking about this in, in other ways as well. I really I wish I could be as funny as my friend Steve. I started studying and thought, I really wish I could be as smart as my friend Jonathan. And I wonder, have you ever thought about that yourself? Looked on at someone else and said, I, I really wish I was like them. Maybe a workmate who seemed more competent. Maybe uh, uh, another family who just seemed to have it all together. Maybe a friend who always seemed more popular. I really wish I was like them. You know, the church is may not be all that different as well. Some of us can sit there and go, oh, you know, I really wish I could pray like, like, like she does. I really wish I had his confidence in, in, in evangelism. I, I really wish I was the go-to person when people needed advice. What's the antidote to, to, to this way of thinking? Is it that you've just got to be super successful and, and so, so that you're not the one wishing you were like someone else. Instead, people wish they were like you. You've got to be driven and successful. Or, or maybe it's that you just, you just got to uh, put it up with it, put it out of your mind, try and suppress the feelings and just hope it all goes away. Well, in the passage we just read, God kind of lets us peek behind the curtain of church, as it were. And he shows us that it's no accident that I am the way I am. God has done this for a reason. He's arranged, in fact, he's arranged church the way he has for a reason, and the different people in church for a reason. And it's actually really freeing when we see ourselves the way God sees us. Because he says, I've put you together as a body so that together you can function well. Together you can do well. So let's turn to the Bible and, and, and look a bit deeper at what God has to say here. And here's the first point for today. The same Spirit stands behind the variety of gifts. Now, let's give it, get a little bit of background or some context here. Uh, this, this is a letter written to a church, a real church in Corinth that was around in the first century. And within their church, it seems like there are some people who are, 
who seem like they're super spiritual and others who seem like they're spiritual lightweights. Uh, the super spiritual, they have these great gifts, things that seem really impressive, things like being able to speak in tongues and healing and, and, and others look at them and go, I really wish I was like that. And there are other people, the spiritual lightweights, where they don't seem very gifted at all. They think even if they have a gift, it's not that important. And whether it's intentional or not, they're kind of looked down upon. Nobody really wants to be like them. That, that's the situation. That's what's going on in the Corinthian church. But God speaks into the church and he says, no, you've got it all wrong. In fact, God tells us what it means to really be spiritual. Uh, and check it out. Look, look at verse 3 with me. Verse 3 says, Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Do you see what it is to be a spiritual person there? Is to confess that Jesus is Lord. And, and it goes on in, in verse 4 as well. Check out verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So you can see there, the spiritual person isn't the one who's got some special kind of gift, because the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God, works behind every gift, behind every way of serving, behind every kind of work that we can do. And the Spirit hasn't missed anyone out. If you're part of the church, the Spirit hasn't missed you. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 starts, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. You see that there? To each one. The Spirit misses out nobody. And so I just want to talk to you for a moment. If you're there today and you're a Christian, but you feel like you're not a very spiritual person, I want you to hear this good news that God sees you as a very spiritual person. After all, he's given you his Holy Spirit. That's why you can cry out and say, Jesus is Lord. He's given you his Holy Spirit and the Spirit has spiritually gifted you. Whether you know that or not, whether you feel that or not, it's true of you. And God wants you to be comforted by this truth today. Because there is a great variety of gifts. We're all not supposed to be the same. In fact, in this passage, there are two kind of lists, and we'll put them both on the screen now. And you'll see in there a huge variety of gifts. Some that seem really spiritual, like miraculous powers, and others that just seem ordinary, like helping. And the point of these lists is not to be comprehensive, not so that every single spiritual kind of gift is mentioned there. And nor is it so that we drill down into each kind of gift and understand what it means and look for that in our church today. The point of having these lists here is to blow us away. Just in a few verses, seeing the great variety of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to his church. And in fact, it should cause us to stop and reflect on our own church. And to look around and to see the variety of people and giftings he's given our church. And to be blown away by how generous the Holy Spirit has been to us. But there's another thing to say here too, and I'll just be brief on this. But we live in a world that thinks there are many different ways of being spiritual. I, in fact, I did a bit of research on this recently. I found out that if I wanted spiritual healing, I needed to head to my uh, local day spa or go on a retreat to, to find some spiritual healing, or I could maintain my spiritual health 
by doing some yoga classes or regularly meditating. Or, or, or I could even have one website showed me a spiritual awakening and there were 23 steps to go through if I wanted to do that. But here in the Bible, God is saying there's only one way to be spiritual and that's through his Holy Spirit. We need to feel the challenge of this, friends. We might think that there are many spiritual options out there, but God is saying, no, there's only one. There's only one way to be a really spiritual person, and that's through the Holy Spirit. He's the one who makes us spiritual. He's the one who stands behind every spiritual gift. We come now to the second point of the day, and that is this. The different body parts allow the body to function. And it all starts in verse 12, where we see a metaphor being used, the metaphor of the body. Take a look at verse 12 with me. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. It's saying that a church is, is like a body. There are lots of different parts, lots of different people with different gifts and ways of serving and working, but all of them do work together for the functioning of the whole body. And note there, it's not talking about like a worldwide church, like all Christians everywhere, but it means in, in each local individual church, in our church at Trinity Church Mowbray, we're like a body, different parts all work together for the good. But then our passage goes on to say, there are two things that stop a body from working. And the first is when one part says, you guys don't really need me anymore. You see it in verse 15. Check out verse 15 with me. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And then it goes on in verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. The point it's making is pretty clear, isn't it? A body needs all sorts of parts to work together. And it gets kind of comical. It goes on in verse 17. Check it out. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And the point here is pretty clear, right? The church needs the different parts, needs every part working together. That is, your church needs you, friends. Some of us at different points may feel like that's just not true of us, that we don't feel very valuable, very, very useful in our churches. But God says that's not true at all. And so I want to say to you, if you're feeling like you're not really needed at church, sit down and ask someone, ask someone that you trust. Ask them to tell you how valuable you are. Tell you where they see your gifts at work. Not, don't do this as a vanity project, but another person's point of view may actually help you see things as they really are. But that's the first thing that stops the body, the church, from functioning when we say, you don't really need me. But there's a second thing as well, uh, and that's when we say, different parts of the body say, I don't need you. And you can see that in verse 21. Check it out with me. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. It's nearly getting comical again, isn't it? It's like trying to imagine an eye getting around on its own. It doesn't work. It, it just rolls to the lowest point. And again, the point is pretty clear. The church needs every part working together. And in fact, God kind of says it's a little bit like opposite day. Um, we treat the lesser parts with special honor because we need every part working together. Every part is needed. You cannot work as a body when different parts are off doing different things. We cannot work as a body when we're trying to be independent of one another. 
We need to be together. It reminds me of a time I hurt my pinky finger. Uh, the pinky finger seems pretty insignificant, but one day I found out that it was actually really important for me. I was playing cricket and I dived forward to try and take a catch uh, and I got my finger caught between my body and the ground. I'm going to show you an x-ray now. This is not the x-ray of my finger, uh, but it basically looks the same as, as my finger. Uh, what you're seeing there is a double dislocation of the pinky finger. Both joints were uh, pushed out of place. It hurt. Yes, it did. Um, but my little pinky finger was out of action and that, that affected the whole body. Uh, it was hard trying to pick up the spoon to eat without moving my little finger. It was hard to go for a jog without jarring my finger uh, at every step. As a little part of the body, but it affected the whole. When it was out of action, the whole body didn't work properly. So if, or, 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 or when, when we have this attitude, when we're thinking, we don't really need that person amongst us, it'd be better if they just weren't part of our church. When we're thinking like that, God, God is telling us to repent of that attitude. Repent because we do need every part of the body working together. And we need to ask God to show us the beauty in the way he's arranged things. Because God has arranged things. He's put us together as a church like this. Look at verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. As a church, we're made up of different people with different gifts. And it's not an accident. God has put us here together. And he's put us here together for the common good. Look, look at verse 7 with me. Verse 7 again, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. See friends, any gift I've got is not for my good. It's not so that I can seem super spiritual. It's for the good of my church. In fact, it's not really a gift to me at all. It's really a gift given to my church through me. This has to shape the way we see ourselves and one another and our whole church community. Uh, let me tell you about my son Isaac. Isaac is uh, one, he turned one two weeks ago today. And I want to show you him opening up some presents on his first birthday. Here he is opening up some of his presents. But you'll notice uh, his older sister, Eva, our daughter, who's three and a half, she's right in there with him. She wants to see what he's getting because in her mind, they're not really just for Isaac. They're for her good as well. And in that sense, she's, she's really understood what this passage is saying to us. We have a church that's amazingly full of a huge variety of gifts and gifted people. Something to say thanks to God for. But they're not gifts for individuals. They're gifts for the whole church, for the functioning of the whole body. So let's imagine for a moment with this huge variety of gifts God has given us in our church, that none of us are self-seeking with them. None of us are using them to give off the impression of being important. But all of us are using our gifts for the good of one another, to, to, to work and serve for one another's benefit, rejoicing when someone has a win and taking the hits together. Imagine being part of a community like that. Sounds great, doesn't it? If, if you're someone who's not part of a church community, can I just actually talk to you guys for a moment? Uh, as you look on at church, you'll see all sorts of imperfections. We don't do this perfectly, but we want you to know this is what we're aiming for. This is what we're striving for. And God's given us his spirit to help us strive for that. But isn't it appealing? Isn't it appealing 
what, what the Spirit does with us and how he shapes us and moves us. Isn't it appealing to see this com- kind of community at work? I want to invite you. Hopefully soon the government will allow us to come back together. We'd love you to come and check it out, to see it firsthand for yourself. But I just want to remind us again that this all starts with Jesus, that being a truly spiritual person begins with confessing that Jesus is the Lord. Is that something that you'd be willing to do or willing to look into? Friends, we'd love to read the Bible with you. If you're not really sure about who Jesus is and what he means for you, why don't you come and read the Bible with us? In fact, there's a communication card that we're going to talk about in just a couple of moments. It looks like this. There's a box there that you can tick. It says, I'd love to hear more about the hope that Jesus offers. Tick that box. We'll be in touch. We'd love to read the Bible with you and help you get to know Jesus for yourself. But I just wanted to end today with with four questions. And these questions will be particularly directed at you if you're part of Trinity Church Modbury. If you're not, we'd love you to just stick around and listen in on the conversation. Uh, But here here are our four questions. Here's the first question. What if I don't know what my gift is? If that's your question, it's a really great question. And it's a question that a lot of us will wrestle with at different times. Uh, I want to reassure you that as a staff team, we'd love to sit with you and help identify what your gifts are. In fact, there's a box on the communication card that you could tick as well. uh, And we'd love to be in touch about this. But there's something else that you could do as well. And that is uh, find out what the needs are around church and give something a crack. Just give it a go. Uh, And you might find that God has gifted you for it or or he will gift you for it as you learn and and get involved. In fact, for me, that's how I I got started into this kind of thing. Uh, So I was at a church and someone said, we need kids leaders. uh, And I just stuck up my hand and I learned as I went. Uh, It was a bit of a ride, but we got there in the end. But why not give that a go? Find out what the needs are and give something a try. Here's the second question though. What if there's no need for my gift here in this church? For example, you might be gifted musically and want to use that for the good of the church, but there are so many musos, there's no point in you doing it. So maybe you could think to yourself, oh, I need to just go and find another church then. Or maybe I can just kind of take a back seat um, and wait till there's a need for me. I want to say though, Uh, It might be that God has a different part for you to play at this time. So again, why not find out what the needs are and give something a crack and see if God gifts you for that as you go along. Here's the third question we could ask. The virus has changed things and now my gifts aren't being used like they used to be. What should I do? And you're right, the virus has changed things enormously in so many ways. And in fact, it's meant that we've found gifts and gifted people in our church that we never knew we had before. People who are brilliant at making phone calls and now just doing it all, all the time. People who are editing videos, it's just fantastic. God's been so kind to us. But if you are asking this question to yourself, I think perhaps there's potentially even a, a different question, perhaps even a better question that you could be asking. That is, how can I be using my, my, my gifts, my service now for the good of the church? That might mean you get creative and think outside the box a little bit. It might mean asking others that you've served with before and trying to figure out ways that you could use your gifts now. Or it may be that now is the time for you to to try something different. So to find out where the needs are and give something else a crack. Uh, Here's the fourth question we could ask ourselves. Okay, I want to start serving formally. How do I do it? Brilliant question. Brilliant. And of course, there are all sorts of informal ways people could be serving. But if you do want to start serving formally, again, I jump on the communication card later. There's that box for you to tick. We'd love to be in touch.
This kind of stuff is actually really timely for our church to think about right now. Uh, if you watched our journey ahead in the past week, you, you'll know the rough direction that lies ahead of us. Soon we hope to be regathering, probably in small groups, but we hope to be gathering soon. As we do that, there'll be plenty of things to do. Let's, as that happens then, let's work as a body together to honour God and hold out the gospel to our community. And not only that, though, we're also thinking about church planning and moving ahead with our church planting plans. And as people leave and join the church plant, that's going to leave gaps in Trinity Church, Modbury. And of course, if you're coming along to the new church, there's going to be a whole heap to do getting started there. So again, plenty to do as we get on with this, as we do this, let's work together as a body to honour God and hold out the gospel to the community. Because remember, God has arranged us. God has given us the people, the gifts that we need. He's arranged the body like this for a reason. Even as we spawn a new church, he knows what we need. He's given us everything. So there we are, friends. We're not all the same. The Spirit has gifted us differently. But that's for the good of the whole church. So remember, friends, your church needs you. The Spirit has gifted you for the good of your church so that your church can function well together. Your church needs you. Let's pray together. Our God and Father in heaven, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that he gifts each one of us. We thank you that he gifts us so that we can work together as a body. Our prayer, Father, is that we would just be a church who does this. And we ask for your help in this in Jesus' name. Amen.